Um, but like I said, um, I'm picking up right where Pastor Stewart left off, right in, in, in the Luke chapter 9. Um, and I want to give kind of, like I said, like a, a small recap because I feel it'll, you know, it'll connect really well with uh, today's message. Um, and so I, last week, again, I'm not 100% sure how Pastor Stewart shared it with, with, with the congregation, but, you know, I, I, I took the little page and I went inside and I spoke to, to the youth group about the, about the message that was being shared that day here. And, um, and it's that, it's that passage where Jesus is speaking to his disciples, to his followers, and he, and he asks them a question, right? You know, who does the, who do the people say that I am? You know, who, who does the world say that Jesus is? And um, everyone gave an answer, right? Some say you're a prophet. Some say you know you're, you're the Messiah. You're, you're, you're you know you're one of the old prophets that died. You got you were risen again. And then he asks them again, you know, but who do you say I am? And and Peter stands up, always being the the one that kind of you know goes forward. And he says, you know, you are the Messiah, the, you know, the Son of God. Um, and and. Like I said before, I, I read that passage in the past, and I, I've taken notes, and I'm like, I would like to share on that one day. And again, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about that before going right into it. And and it's important because I feel nowadays, like Maureen was sharing, there is still a vast array of opinions of who Jesus is. Um, different religions refer to him. Different religions call him something else. People... Some people deny his existence. Some people say he was just this cool teacher, some loving hippie that came by and was always hanging out. You know, we, I've, I've heard all sorts of descriptions um, of who Jesus was or is or never existed or, you know. Um, and that question still to this day, I feel, is very important to, to us as his followers. Who do we say he is? Uh, who do we present uh, to the world when we talk about Jesus. And, and, and more importantly is who does Jesus say he is? You know, who does he, what does he call himself? Who does he, and, and I, th- I feel like it's important because, um, for us as believers, he is more than just a good man, more than just a prophet, more than just a great man that lived someday and then died and left a lot of good lessons. Um, for us as his followers, uh, we must be convinced that he is the Christ, um, the Son of God, um, that he's still moving in the same way he was moving then, he can still move now. He's still healing, he's still forgiving, he's still restoring, um, he's still mending relationships, he's still alive, um, and he's coming back soon. And I feel like that's um, a core belief that us as Christians should really embrace and 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 you know move forward in. And so... Uh, at the end of that interaction, he says, he gives, he gives some sort of, you know, like an ominous prophecy, you, know, you could say, right? He ends with, um, and the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And so he, he leaves his disciples with these nuggets of information, right? Towards his end of his ministry, he started kind of dropping hints. Um, and I like that because it's, I, I think it's a little, a little funny because as, as it, as that moment comes closer and draws closer, he begins to kind of 
you know, give those, give that information. I'm, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to die. And, and then he carries on with the conversation with something else. And if I was one of the disciples, I probably would have heard that and said, wait a minute, can we rewind that? You know, what do you mean by that? Um, there was occasions when, the, again, Peter would say, Lord, may that never happen, you know, and Jesus rebukes him, so it, it must happen. And so um, he leaves him with that information, and then he kind of carries on. But on the second, and what we're going to talk about today, um, he kind of dives in a little bit deeper and makes us or gives us uh, sort of a challenge. And so uh, I'm going to read this 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 passage. Um, got, we have three points to go over, and then, um, like I said, I hope that you know the Holy Spirit can um, speak to us all in, in, in a certain way. And it says um, in verse 23, uh, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man, or what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Okay. <laughs> That's one of those verses that I read and it's like, it shows who Christ is fully, right? There's messages of hope and forgiveness and love and restoration, but then there's always these messages of I would say challenge of, 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 of putting it on us to say, are we willing to take this faith to the next level? Um, and, and the first point I wanna, I wanna make, I wrote it down there, our daily challenge. Uh, Jesus was known for speaking often in parables, you know, forms of illustration. Uh, uh, there was a form to connect with the people, right? The parable stories uh, would allow people to kind of envision the message he was trying to deliver, you know, the prodigal son, the lost sheep, uh, the farmer that went out to sow a seed, and, you know, some fell on, by the wayside, some fell by the rocks. And so when people heard these stories, they were able to connect and kind of capture the message of what God was saying. Um, I don't know what Jesus would have said nowadays, maybe a guy had 50 stocks in Facebook and then it dropped or, um, you know, a thousand followers and he lost. Um, but these were stories that were relatable to the people that they were able to understand uh, when he spoke to his, to his disciples of, you know, making them fishers of men no longer. They were able to understand that. They were, under to, they were able to connect what the message was and, and what the idea of what he was saying. Sometimes they didn't, right? Sometimes Jesus had to take them to the side and Explain it. Let me explain this to you fully, so you so you get it. Um, but a lot of times they were able to grasp um, the illustration of you know what he was trying to say. Um, the first passage we're going to look at again, verse twenty three. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Um, this was a very graphic, you could say illustration that he put forward. Um, as we know, I don't know if you guys have seen, I'm sure we've all seen some sort of film or another of the rendition of, you know, 
crisis, suffering, death. You know, the Passion of the Christ is one of the most popular ones. I had the chance to watch it in theaters when it oof, when it came out years ago, um, and it really changed my life. It, it impacted me the the way it was fully portrayed. So when Jesus says these words, "Carry your cross and follow me," who knows? I, I this isn't written. I'm just kind of imagining it as maybe the disciples would have thought of it as uh, this might be another parable. Um, this might be another teaching. Why? He's asking us to carry a cross on a daily basis. I don't own a cross. Do I have to build one? Do I have to make one? What does he mean? So, I, I, you know, he's speaking to them in, in a way that they could also imagine it. As we all know, um, public executions were a thing back in the day. I don't doubt that at least one or two of his disciples, or maybe all of them, had witnessed a procession of that kind at one point in their life. The Roman Empire had taken over that entire land, so whenever they dished out any punishments, I'm, again, guessing because Jesus went through a public you know, execution, humiliation, I'm, I'm guessing they were able to envision that, right? They were able to imagine what it looked like to carry a cross, to imagine what a cross looked like, and they were able to connect the dots on, you know, what he was trying to maybe portray. Um, the daily challenge, right? Carrying our cross, like I said, it wasn't necessarily, well, later on we'll see that for some of the disciples it became a reality, a physical thing. Um, but at the moment for us, um, he, I want, again, I want to, Imagine he was speaking to them in a way that they could relate to it, and to us as well. Um, so the first points, right? To deny self and to carry your cross. Uh, I was I was thinking the other day. I was like, "What does it mean to to deny oneself?" And uh, one of the things that popped up online was uh, when you're on a diet. That's the first thing that popped up. And I've been trying to. I always say this every time I, I feel like I share. I'm like, I'm trying to lose weight. Um, but that was like the first kind of uh, sentence that popped up. Um, to deny one's cravings, you must blah blah blah. If you want to deny, you know, and and I and I couldn't, you know, imagine a better illustration. When we deny our our cravings, you know, when we deny our desires, we are putting our goals, um, like you, like uh, Omri said earlier, right? The ouchies we. We go through situations, but we don't see what lies ahead. And so when we deny our temporary gratification, our desire, our, our struggle, and we aim towards what's ahead, it's, it's what ultimately means to deny our self. Um, in our Christian walk, it is difficult sometimes to deny oneself when it comes to being wronged. Um, when Jesus calls us to forgive or calls us to forget or for, calls us to, you know, repent, um, it is difficult to deny that ego. It is difficult to say, Lord, yes, I'm, I'm going to follow through with your instruction. But that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and guides us and shows us this is the way that has to be done. Ultimately, to say your way and not mine. Yes, we have desires and goals. Um, but they were, they should never be met at the expense of our relationship with him. They should never be met at the expense of our morals or his truth. 
to ultimately deny oneself is to say those words that Jesus said at the Garden of Gethsemane, right? When he was crying out to his father, he said, let this cup, that this cup might pass from me. Jesus um, was fully aware of what he was going to go through with his sacrifice. Um, and and the, that passage always impacts me because he cries out to the father in pain and agony. And he, he asks, let this, cus- let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. The ultimate denial of self is, is saying, Lord, here are my dreams, here are my goals, here are my desires. I don't want to do it my way. If I have to let go of a few things, show me. Um, because, you know, oftentimes this new, I don't want to say new because it's been around for, for forever, but oftentimes the gospel is presented as sign up and all your, these are all the perks that you get. You sign up and you get unlimited wishes and unlimited internet you know how they do it so it's like i feel like sometimes the gospel is presented in a way of of like you sign up you accept christ and then it's all rainbows and roses and you send in a hundred dollars every once in a while and god grants you a wish and you know your desires are met everything is fulfilled you you know but the reality of it is that christ never promised us that he promised us that he has overcome the world, even though we might have afflictions in it. Um, and he promises that he will be with us through it all. And so the main thing, again, when we, when we think about our own, on our, on our own lives, um, you know, where, where can we say, Lord God, where am I not necessarily denying myself? What things am I still holding on to that I don't want to give up? Um, at the end of the day, he does care for us. He does love us and he does want to grant us the desires of our heart. Um, you know, the, the scriptures do say, you know, you know, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added onto it. But he, he wants to get us to a point where our dependency is on him and not necessarily in our own way. I mean, I've tried it my way a couple times. Sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. And I hit dead ends or I hit the regret or I hit the shame. And then I have to go back. And so sometimes it's a learning learning process. And it's not until we get out of the tunnel that we can look back in hindsight and say, Lord, you put me out of that. You, you, you helped me out. Um, but sometimes if it can be avoided, why not avoid it, right? Um, the second part of that challenge that he gives us, deny oneself, is the second part is carry your cross. Um, carrying the cross is something that um, maybe at the time was not very pleasing. Um, as we know, the cross was reserved for political agitators, probably the worst of the worst. I had to do a little bit of research. I, I typed in Google, why do people get crucified? You know, why were people getting crucified? And it gives you a list of why or who were the people of the Roman Empire. And, you know, even it was a practice from even before them um, of the people that, you know, were punished in this manner. Uh, and it gives you a list of, of, of things, right? So, Carrying the cross, maybe for them, uh, was not a very appealing image, but it was still something that for us, um, again, reading the scriptures and just kind of meditating, what kind of what I saw in this is that uh, to carry the cross is to carry the identity of Christ with you. Not necessarily the physical cross, obviously, uh, but spiritually. 
Believe it or not, it is a burden we must carry as Christians. It is not easy to forgive or pray for those who have hurt us, but we must. To love those who hate us, but we must. At the end of the day, like I said, it is a burden that doesn't necessarily mean will destroy us, but it is a responsibility. Sometimes, you know, burden sounds like, oh, it's not a burden, but a responsibility that us as Christians have. Um, and in the scripture, it tells us, you know, I forget where it was, but Jesus is speaking to, to the people and it tells, you know, tells them, um, take on my yoke. It is light. My burden is, you know, you know, and it's, and I, and I had to research what a yoke was. I'm not, again, I'm not familiar. He, they, people knew what the yoke was. They could identify what a yoke is. Um, so I was like, what is a yoke? And so I, I go online again. You can find everything online. Omri was telling me this morning. Um, and a yoke is, it was designed for, do, do any of you know what a yoke is? Yeah? So everybody knows. Okay. I'm just the only one. Okay. Right? It's for the, it's for you, you, you put two bulls together and they carry it and it makes it easier for the, for whatever, you know, they're plowing the fields and stuff. And so I, I, I imagine that when, when Jesus invites his followers to put on his yoke is because he's with them. He's pairing that yoke on and you are walking together. And like again, the, the the gospel that sometimes is presented is an easy one, an easy life, no work, don't worry. But it's still a yoke Jesus asks us to put on with him. It doesn't say no yoke, it doesn't say no burden, it doesn't say easy. It says put on this yoke. It is light, but it's still a yoke. It will it, it will be a it will be a, an effort from your part, but I am walking next to you, and we're doing this together. It's not no longer carrying your burden on your own, no longer carrying those afflictions on your own, no longer carrying that, that, you know, that pressure of life on your own. Now I am walking alongside you. And so when we carry our cross, we are carrying that identity of Christ with us. We're making a commitment and saying, Lord, I want to reflect what you asked me to reflect. I want to love those who make it difficult to love. I want to forgive those who make it difficult to forgive. Um, and I want to essentially, at the end of the day, reflect who you are in my daily walk with you. Carrying the cross, again, is not easy, but it is asked of us. If you want to come, you know, sometimes it's easy to, you know, to sing. And my, my dad would always tell me, that it's easy to sing and get up there and say, yes, Lord, I'm committed. But when it starts happening, that's when it's, you know, the decision has to be made. And so, again... Um, deny oneself and to carry the cross is the challenge for us on a daily basis. And it's, and it's, and it's funny because again, it says, you know, daily. And I looked at different versions. I said maybe the KJV or other, other ones, no, but most of them have that word daily. Uh, none of them omit it. And so it is a daily challenge. It is a daily, um, you know, um, challenge that we must kind of fulfill. Um, the second point. I titled it, The Things Worth Saving. So we read verse 24 and 25. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Our lives are precious, right? What parent wouldn't do anything for, what parent wouldn't do anything in their power to save his or her child's life? 
uh, you know, if <laughs> when I see them sick, I'm like, man, I'd rather I'd rather be sick than you. You know, I'd rather take that on so that way you can, you know, just get better. Um, and then I'm like, you were praying for peace the other day and quiet and now you got it. But I don't want to see him like this, Lord, you know. Um, but our lives are precious, you know. Our Heavenly Father sent his only son to save ours. In this example, he mentions gaining the world for um Oh, in this example, he mentions gaining the world. Our focus should not be on earthly possessions or material things. Uh, we lose ourselves focusing on accumulating material wealth sometimes. We think that things, physical things, will save us, will elevate our status, um, will put us in happier places. Um, this is how the world thinks. You know, it keeps us thinking of keeping up with the Joneses, right? Or however they say, keeping up with the Kardashians nowadays. I guess that would be the parable of it. Um, what we see is what we want to obtain for ourselves. What we see on TV, what we see our neighbor have. Um, and the verse that kind of, again, stands out to me is, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? loses himself. Our identity is in him. And it ultimately worth saving more, um, saving our lives more than saving up in this world. This goes hand in hand with carrying our cross. Putting on the identity of Christ and not compromising our values or our morals or our faith. Calling sin, sin calling what is holy, holy, and what is right, right. It's always better to start off in our own lives than to point out into the world. And so the invitation for me to you today is, what areas in our own life can we look at and say, Lord, what, what am I trying to save for myself? What areas am I not trying to give up? Where am I losing my identity? Where am I losing myself in trying to retain something that I need to give up to you. Um, and ultimately, we never should dismiss the possibility of an ultimate sacrifice. I am reading, kind of everyone knows about what's happening around the world, right, with Israel and Palestine and and, and I read the news and, and you see the innocent lives lost in the crossfire. And, and, and I read often about our, I say, our brothers and sisters in Christ in different regions of the world that include the Middle East. Um, and I hear stories of, of their persecution and I hear the stories of, of, of the harassments they face. And, and it breaks my heart hearing them and at the same time encourages me when I hear their testimony of perseverance and when they are faced with with real threat to their life, when they're faced with real um, persecution, when their doors are being kicked down and their churches are being burnt and they are resilient and they don't drop their cross and they don't um, turn back, but they keep moving forward and they keep professing their faith, that fills me with conviction and faith. And so 
the last passage that says, for whoever, um, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself, just strengthens my identity in Christ a lot more. When you find your identity in Christ, no matter what trial or, or tribulation may come or, or situation, you will not, you will be shaken, but you will not fall. Um, you know, I, I've met people that have gone to, through tragedies and, and they are still steadfast in the Lord. And, and I asked them and, and the question, they, the way they answer it is, I've found my identity in Christ. And ultimately, I am secure after this life and in this life. And he has held me through it all and he will continue to. And if he allows me to go through it, he will pull me through it. And that fills me with faith. And so that's one of the reasons I love hearing Maria speak and, and anyone older than me that <laughs> has gone through different trials, has gone through different ups and downs in their life. And at the end of it all, they still hold steadfast onto the Lord. Not losing oneself is key. And in this world, sometimes it's difficult. And I, and I find it more of a necessity to pray for our young people, you know, for our kids, um, and for the, for, for the youth, um, of this day. Identity, um, you know, is, has become such a hot button issue. How do you identify? Who are you? Your pronouns and, and all these things and just the madness that it's become and, 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 and it just shows the danger of not knowing who you are. Not identifying yourself with, 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 you know, with a true identity. And so I commend you guys as well. You know, I, I always say that when you find a, a, a local body to hang out with and to congregate with, it will strengthen you. When you congregate in person and you hear testimonies and someone offers to pray for you or just to have lunch with you, it strengthens your faith. And so I, you know, encourage you guys. Keep coming, keep gathering, keep keep praying for one another, keep you know seeking each other, and 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 our identity that is in Christ will be strengthened. The last part, trading our shame, verse twenty six. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of God or the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father. And of the holy angels. This is kind of like one of those verses that again, this is challenging. It's 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 like a caution, right? The cross that Jesus carried was a symbol of guilt, shame, betrayal, suffering, death. Jesus took it upon himself. He took the punishment we deserved, and in doing so, he took our shame. Peter's denial of Christ always impacts me because. This is a man who walked with him, who ate with him, who heard him, who saw him. But when the trial came, he denied him. Right? You guys know that story, right? Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Shame, shame stems from a place of fear. Peter feared being identified and being put in a place similar to Jesus. Perhaps he feared death. Jesus just got taken into the courts. It's not looking good for him. When people started pointing Peter out, hey, man, you're the guy who followed Jesus. His automatic response was like, no, I don't even know the guy. 
his fear of being placed in that group, being placed in that situation with Jesus probably is what kept him from accepting. Similar in our lives, we've probably the fear of rejection, the fear of, of what are they going to say. Christians are being, you know, we're cataloged as all kinds of phobes and homophobes and this phobe and, and they're not loving. And, and so sometimes the fear of, of being cataloged as something we might prevent us from sharing, might prevent us from admitting, um, the fear of being excluded. I know when I was in high school, it was, it was so important to be accepted and to, you know, fit in and to find a group. And, and so the, the fear of, of, of being an outcast sometimes will make us deny, will make us, you know, shrink down. He denied Christ. You know, how many times have we done something similar with our actions? We fear rejection or consequences, so we have, um, because we want to fit in. Peter ultimately was forgiven by Christ. And he himself suffered a similar fate as Christ when he, when he was apprehended years later. And he himself was crucified. But he rose in, in such a great power and conviction after this happened that, you know, changed the world along with the other, you know, disciples. In our life, there is still opportunity to cry out and say, Lord, forgive me for being quiet when I should have spoken out. Forgive me when I should have acted a certain way and I didn't. Whatever it may be in our own life, right? We must repent and ask for the boldness the Holy Spirit provides. The cross, I was watching a video on my Instagram feed, um, and it was, I forgot if it was a Jesuit priest or a Baptist pastor, I forgot who it was, but they were speaking about the cross, the, the cross itself, and how it's become a fashion icon. People wear it without knowing the meaning of it. They, you know, they tattoo it on their faces nowadays. You know, face tattoo. People just take it on and as a as a fashion statement. As oh, it's a it's a unique design. It's something nice. It's something you know cool to have. But the true meaning is lost when people don't know what it symbolizes. The greatest miracle happened on that cross. What was meant to be death now represents our ultimate hope. Paul writes, I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What the devil thought was a defeat is now our greatest victory. Do not be ashamed of him and the gospel. Romans 116 is one of the my favorite verses, Romans 1, chapter 16, or chapter 1, verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation. And so I want to kind of encourage you guys today to, 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 to take that shame you guys have felt in the past. Sometimes even as Christians, again, we, we, we come to a place of, of shame or guilt when we don't behave like we're supposed to. Um, and I want you to put that aside and say, Lord, Moving forward, I want to be 
what you've called me to be. I want my identity to be found in you. And I want to take that daily challenge um, seriously. I want to take that daily challenge of picking up my cross, of denying myself and walking alongside you. Um, and to understand that if we fall, if, it, if anything happens, that there is time. Just like Peter cried out and, and repented, we can also do that as well. Um, and like I said, the, the, the gospel is not easy. But in those challenges, and I, I really appreciate when you guys share, um, like Omri said, um, where can we find the lesson in what's happening in our lives? Sometimes it's situations we put ourselves in. Sometimes it's situations that just happen in this broken world. Um, sometimes it's somebody else's actions that affect us. But what is the lesson that we can learn, Lord? You know, what, what, what are you trying to teach me? And ultimately, if it's just that you are with me in this trial, then that's what it is. So I want to kind of encourage you guys to, 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 like I said, take this daily challenge, right? And, and be conscious with our actions when we speak, when we act. And, and ultimately, like I said, I, every time I, I'm going to share something, it's, it's always, uh, applicable to me. Like where, Lord, what do you want to say to me first? And believe it or not, this entire message was kind of what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And then I just share it with you guys and see if maybe someone else is, you know, going through the same thing. So be encouraged. Um, his, his sacrifice has made a way for us to be who we are and to overcome this world as well. And so I'm going to pray. Um, Thank you guys for, and again, coming, coming down. Thank you, everyone who joined us on YouTube. Um, hang out with us. We're going to have some lunch afterwards. Um, and yeah, continue to pray for one another, share with each other, because um, that's ultimately what we've been called to do as a body of Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. Um, we thank you for um, just allowing us to, to, to gather. Uh, and I thank you for the opportunity of sharing your word. Um, I pray that your Holy Spirit may embolden us, may empower us, um, may remind us that this is a daily walk. It's not a one-time deal and, and everything is fine afterwards, but it's a daily commitment that we may say, Lord, you are our ultimate strength and guide, and that we may have our hope in you. Holy Spirit, help us and remind us throughout this week that you are with us, that you are carrying this yoke with us, and that, you know... Um, you are here to embolden us and empower us. I thank you for everyone here today. May you be with us the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So like I said, uh, feel free to hang out for a little bit more. I think they're bringing out the food. And yeah, pray for someone. If someone needs prayer. See you guys.